He changed wrestling forever. If you could cross P.T. Barnum and Donald Trump, you would get the love child that would be Vince McMahon. But with every rise... I hit Vince McMahon with this beautiful uppercut. There's a fall. When you have that kind of money, things go away. He bought his way out of trouble. The real story behind wrestling's most provocative figure you won't hear anywhere else. Must see TV. The Nine Lives of Vince McMahon. Hello, wrestling fans. Welcome back to another special professional wrestling edition of Struggle Session brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Or if you're listening to us via subscription on patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus struggle session.substack.com. Thank you so much. All right. And thank you so much to Gunnar Ava. Yes, for joining us on Patreon. We much appreciate your support. As always, I am joined by my co-host stepping into the ring once again, Jack Allison. Jack, how's it going, buddy? Pretty good. Yeah, things are going well. Good to be here. Now, Jack, we talked about this a while back. We're supposed to be getting in the ring at some point. We're supposed to be <laughs> With training. With the street fight, guys. Is that right? Yes, we'll probably have a match. Unfortunately... Well, the tag team is broken up, yeah. Yeah, the tag but team amicably. has split... Um, Amicably, it wasn't no Mari Janetti HBK situation where, you know, Brett is kicking Brian through uh, <laughs> through the mirror or anything like that. But today, to talk some wrestling, to talk, in fact, the man, unfortunately, most synonymous with professional wrestling in uh, America, Vince McMahon, and a vice. If I call it a documentary, I want it all, like in air quotes because it wasn't quite a documentary. It's called. The Nine Lives of Vince McMahon. Honestly, if you did not see it, I think on this program that you're listening to right now, you will hear everything you need to know from that show and probably a lot more. And that will be in large part thanks to the huge guest I have today, the editor of Professional Wrestling Illustrated, the world's number one wrestling magazine since 1979. Thank you so much for joining us on Struggle Session. Kevin McIlvaney, how's it going? Good. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. And uh, good good to be here with you, Leslie, uh, and uh, Jack as well. And my first time talking to Jack, so this is exciting. Yeah, nice to meet you. Folks, I have gone into great t- detail about the life and crimes of Vince McMahon. There is an epic tale to be told about this man's history. I thought this documentary from Vice might be it, but as the clips start coming out, I started to notice that Jack, this is unfortunate 
recently just was a clip show of Dark Side of the Ring with a little <laughs> bit. Jack, you're not even like a big wrestling buff, but I'm sure there were the scenes in here that you had seen before because we had done the episode on the plane ride from hell, uh, Dark Side of the Ring. And so even you, you know, the casual fan, has seen some of this stuff before, which is not the sort of documentary we, we need right now. Uh, about Vince McMahon. Yeah, I was actually struck. I watched this documentary. Um, I, as you said, I'm not as big a fan. I don't follow this stuff as closely. Although, you know, just from by osmosis and by proximity to you and doing this show and stuff. And I've watched a couple of the, you know, wrestling documentaries and stuff like that. I am not sure as a casual fan that there was even anything in this documentary that I didn't know before. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like I maybe got like a slightly, better overview of the timeline of how these things happened uh but I, I i don't think that there was any real i didn't feel like there was anything super deep cut it just felt kind of like an investigation discovery history of wwe and 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 kind of weirdly um <laughs> like it, it was weirdly both you know about Vince being fucked up, but also kind of a puff piece for him about what a good uh, businessman he, he is. Yes. It's weird. It like it paints him as a much more complex figure when it really seems a lot more black and white just from like following the news about him even this year. Um, so, yeah, it was an interesting documentary. Uh, clip show is the perfect way to describe it. I mean, it was just a different framework with a lot of stuff we've already seen, which is disappointing for for many reasons. But even just from a narrative standpoint, I mean, you have all of these things that haven't been addressed before on Dark Side of the Ring that you could have talked about. And at the beginning, it sort of seemed like that was going to happen. And I mean, again, like Jack said, not entirely new information, but talking about Vince's early childhood and some of the things that might have contributed to him, you know, turning out the way that he did. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't expect this to be like a full on, really well I, I shouldn't say i didn't expect it to be a full-on really aggressive like hit piece type thing um but i mean it wouldn't be unwarranted with a lot of uh a lot of the things that have provably happened over the years and then other things that have been you know alleged and maybe not legally proven yet but you know there there's evidence um but just approaching it from that standpoint it felt a little bit uh, shallow. I mean, it was it was rehashing some things that had occurred, you know, under his watch, in which you can't say he's not responsible for them, but these are things that have already been discussed at length. And I mean, the, the plane ride from hell, uh, the the Jimmy Snuka situation, um, the the steroid trial. The steroid trial was a really really big part of this. It really it, it's I I think it took uh, about you know, what, 15 minutes of the show just to cover that. And I mean, I get that that's a big part of uh, Vince McMahon's biography, but, you know, surely it's been covered to death elsewhere. Um, I think the people who appeared on this did, you know, a good job of synthesizing information. Um, one of them was actually Brian Solomon, who's a, a staff writer for PWI. But, yeah, great dude. Uh, yeah, and the... Uh, uh, Dave Meltzer was on it as well. Brian Alvarez, uh, Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics. So I, you have, you know, again, some new voices and faces in there. But as far as what it actually revealed, it's not it's not too much. I think maybe if you're coming at this and you're just completely 
in the dark about Vince McMahon, it would have been a good place to to start and again see some of the controversies and you know, they talk about the successes as well. So I guess if someone doesn't really know who Vince is, they don't look at this like, what do they have against this guy? You know, so, I mean, it's the, for better or worse in documentary filmmaking, a lot of times you have this uh, tendency to want to explore the good with the bad. And I do understand that. But right now there's a lot of uh, bad to dig into. And especially with the rumors that Vince is potentially looking to come back to WWE, which yeah, we can we can talk about that. I, I think that's well, not a good idea for several reasons, but well, not to go off on a tangent, but if they actually wanted to, you know, have some good uh, people, you know, compliments about Vince McMahon, why they didn't interview any of the people who still go on record defending him? Like, there's no like people talking head who's like, I don't believe you know, this happened, I, I'll defend. And you can find a hundred guys willing to say that, but they didn't even bother to get that sort of footage, you know, there, which you do see even like in an investigation discovery documentary, you, they'll find some asshole to say the asshole thing out loud. And like th this show, they even do it. Like they spent time on stuff like the Monday night war, which is so like irrelevant to anything really other than who then the, outside of wrestling fans you know obviously wcw should have won but i don't think you need to spend like 20 minutes of this documentary touted as being about you know the downfall of vince mcmahon you know rehashing this story that wwe itself has produced hours and hours and hours of documentaries on and it's not and the what you get here is not really more in depth than what you would get from even a we documentary in a in a lot of instances even like the positive stuff about vince like what if you want to have pot they don't interview people who knew him or who have who are like really are intimate with him like very very few people like they have a few of his like co-workers and like there's so much weird just straight up weird vince stuff not even criminal stuff that is just completely out of this documentary you really don't know anything about him outside of the tv character and i do will and give them credit this is something that places where dark side of the ring itself did not go for whatever reason they did uh give air rita chatterton's accusation rita chatterton was the first female uh referee if in wf if not in you know like north america professional wrestling and she alleged that vince mcmahon sexually assaulted her in 1986 she went on the geraldo rivera show on national tv in 1992 aired these claims but it was 1992 and you know it kind of just fizzled out it also in part because of the steroid trial they the media was so much more interested in covering the steroid trial because that was just a drugs and wrestlers shooting up it was a I don't know, a more fun story uh, for them to cover than these sexual assault allegations and the allegate the child sex ring that occurred in the, that was in the WWE at this time as well. That was also uh, mentioned uh, along with the Geraldo Rivera show uh, and Donahue as well. And also Larry King live talked about that as well, but that was not even in this documentary at all. Mel Phillips, uh, was it was it Ronnie or Terry Garvin? I always mix. I never. I definitely don't want to mix up the wrong Garvin involving in this 
It was Terry Garvin. It was Terry Garvin, okay. not Ronnie Garvin. Ronnie Garvin, right. they're not even real brothers. He's com- not involved right. in any sort of child sex ring. But Mel Phillips, a referee, and also Pat Patterson, longtime um, WWE executive, was accused with that as well. Again, oh, but at the top, I do want to say these are all allegations. This is a comedy podcast. Everything we see on this show has nothing to do with Kevin or the fine folks at Professional uh, PWI. So we this, these are all allegations, but you can look all of this up fairly easily. And that sort of thing was completely left out of this documentary uh, for some reason. Like the really like darker, darkest stuff was kind of skimmed over, even though it covered some of it that hasn't been aired, I guess, but there was more there than just old clips of Dark Side of the Ring that they could have gotten into. And I mean, I, it's especially puzzling that the the Ring Boy scandal did not come into this because it was sort of adjacent. And I've, I've, I'm a little bit foggy on the exact timeline and some of the details. I know there's a, a Between the Sheets episode uh, with David Bixson's fan. Chris Zellner covers this really well. But it talks about, um, you know, essentially this was being investigated and not long after, it, it may have even directly led to the the steroid investigation. I mean, there were yeah, it was all tied was already, together. That is yeah. actually part of the reason why Mel Phillips, uh, who was the WWE ring announcer, who had you know ring boys across the country that he would abuse at WWE events, he was he was caught doing this, fired by Vince Senior, rehired by Vince Junior. And ended up um, resigning in, I believe, either late 1991 or 1992. But yes, it was contemporaneous with the rear chatting accusations and the steroid investigation because the F, while the FBI was in, we know that Mel Phillips is guilty because the FBI has tapes of him abuse, abusing children at WWE events, but they Ugh. ended up not prosecuting him. And I, I it's not really stated clearly, but the implication is that it was because they would hope he would flip in the steroid trial. And instead, so instead of oh, like boy. prosecuting him for that, they were like, oh, we might hold on to this. We might use him for the steroid trial instead. Wild. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and not even mentioned in the documentary, like at all, which is so, which is so strange. And this, you can find these documents, this journalism, David Bixon span, he's covered it, uh, extensively, but I, it's baffling that some of the things that are covered and some, uh, that weren't, uh, when it start, when the show kind of got going and it started talking about like, whether professional wrestling was real or fake and spit like t- tried to hype up that up as like a real controversy for wrestling fans right. like in the 80s that that was kind of like like that's absurd that's for the that's for what i would say the lay person the mark like wrestling fans did not care that much, at least in america did not care that even in the documentary they're like we found that up to a third of the people thought it was real i'm like that's still two-thirds didn't think it was real <laughs> i right, bet a third right. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a third think it's somewhat real now if you actually talk to wrestling fans a lot of them will tell you oh no no i know most of it's fake but some of that stuff is real <laughs> like ecw is real or blah 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 like that's usually yeah. The, yeah in fact my caveat. older brother told me that one time he, he was like yeah. oh no you got i because I, I hadn't seen ecw because it came on like super late he said oh no you yeah, gotta yeah. watch this stuff that's real there's no way they can fake that which is true there was no way they could fake those share shots in the blood but not legitimate contests yeah um 
and, and it's strange to put that in there. I mean, I guess the the substantial thing is what happened with uh, with John Stossel and the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's so quickly covered that you you like that can that could be a thirty second bit as opposed to like an entire segment of the the episode um yeah. so it's also kind of like a, a manslaughter of vince's crimes like it's like vaguely he might have told this guy to stay in character it's like really yeah. the least of the of the possible crimes uh of vince it did McMahon. seem kind of tame in terms of the other allegations yeah right it's uh yeah, because even I, I believe even that wrestler he was he ended up getting sued by vince um and reader, uh, reader Chad and, and Geraldo at, at like the same like time, he claimed that all these people were in a conspiracy uh, against him. And I do want I should give a brief update on uh, Rita Chad, and she is suing Vince McMahon for eleven point seven million dollars, and she should get every goddamn penny, in my opinion. But I'm glad uh, to see that's happening because he's you know he had to step down after you know paying several uh women off for uh not including you know a core sex as well as you know just standard sexual harassment of the ceo of the company uh sleeping with employees which the show doesn't even really like talk about that much like it like you can like they try to say that at a certain point that wwe fans like don't necessarily know that Vince McMahon has a you know a massive reputation for taking advantage of the women who work for him which but that's something that's been known for like decades like the people talk have openly talked about uh him on the private plane having divas in there and the allegations that recently came out from the Wall Street Journal that forced him to retire a lot of people in the industry said that these aren't the allegations in, contained in that story aren't even all the stories that they know. These aren't even all the stories that people have openly talked about. So for the show not to dive in, not to interview a single, like, former female employee of the WWE, like, these all, like, almost all, I think actually literally all the talking heads were men. I think literally every person interviewed for the show. The one woman that's on the show was the flight attendant, from the plane ride from hell. That's literally basically the only woman you hear speak in this entire documentary. Which of course is pre-recorded, but I mean, a lot of the others are pre-recorded. And then the, the four uh, men that were on, you know, again, they, they all really know their stuff. It's not a knock against them, but there wasn't that effort made. And it is strange to not talk to, you know, any women for specifically about that topic. And then, you know, you have, I, I understand some of these things. And I mean, I'm careful about how I speak even on here, just because things could be a legal minefield and all that. But, you know, there are court documents that you can look at. There are, uh, you know, over the years with the Wall Street Journal piece, I mean, th- th- there are details about the, you know, the stuff that isn't even alleged, like these settlements were paid. And yes. like, uh, then you can have people who will say that the settlement is this or that. And, you could say some of that's like off the record sources or, or, or whatever. I mean, it's, you know, the, the wall street journal is doing this. This isn't dirt sheet stuff. It is, it is that publication in particular, I think has very little reason to want to go after. (laughs) I mean, there really wasn't, there wasn't any reason for that. Um, But there, you know, it was, it was a thing that they were tipped off to. And there were, you know, again, like you said, um, 
you could say open secrets or rumors or whatever for years that, that Vince was a certain way. I mean, it doesn't mean that he is this way because he acts that way on TV, but the kind of understanding for a lot of people is like, oh yeah, this is just kind of, you know, this is Vince with the volume turned up. He's, he's kind of like, uh, he's a womanizer and blah, blah, blah. And like, there are multiple segments, Jack, uh, from WWE before they went PG where Vince McMahon is like, you have to sleep with me if you want a job in the WWE. Like, oh, like on like TV. Like, like even in the ring, like he made a Stacy Keebler do a strip tease for him as part of her job interview in a wrestling ring. Jack Trish Stratus had to bark like a dog. No, that's almost why I feel like some of this this Vince stuff doesn't catch on is because people are kind of confused as to like what's character and what's reality in wrestling. Like the kind of blurring of the line, I think has actually like benefited him quite a bit with all this stuff. Like I feel like people see these articles and they're like, okay, another storyline. Yeah, and the show, and that's an obvious you know thing, especially if you're looking at the life events to talk about. But the show doesn't really do it. It doesn't dive into the just abject weirdness of the McMahons and how they portrayed themselves during the era, uh, of during the Attitude Era. And now it it gets into it, it does a surface level job of it, but it doesn't even get as deep into the weirdness as like WWE documentaries have. Like WWE put out a documentary where Stephanie revealed that Vince wanted to do an incest angle with her where Jeez. they would be making out and oh like he would, uh, it, he would have impregnated her in the storyline and she said no because she didn't want to make out with him and then well, he proposed doing it with Shane and that's at, at a certain point if you're making out with your daughter angle or not that is incest you know if you're yes. just actually doing it whether you're like but it's a bit like it actually just is my dad did approach me about Wanting to be the father of my baby on in a storyline for TV, which again is the only the second time I've ever actually said no to him for something he wanted to do, and uh, that one was just a little too gross. Actually, it's completely disgusting, and I don't find the entertainment value in it at all. And he's actually my father, so how could I even play that out? I can't fake kiss my dad like we were in love or something. I mean, it's just revolting all the way around. So. Then he came up with the idea for Shane to actually be the father of my baby, my brother. And I, again, just know that I know that sometimes that happens in this world, but it's not going to happen with us. I just can't do that. That's that's too much. I don't remember her getting that in depth, but it's possible I just blocked it out. After oh, hearing that story oh I, I've posted the clip a few times. People oh. do not like it. People well, do I, not I, more I, than have that in their head. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt. Yeah, but I mean, it's. Uh, you know, I mean, just... there's even a clip I found where Vince McMahon sitting next to his wife Linda McMahon. I do want to mention her a little bit because the documentary dropped some stuff, but not as much as it should have. But he's sitting next to Linda McMahon, and some I think they ask him about. Um, Stephanie getting more involved in the business of being an on-screen character. And he essentially says, like, Stephanie's not, like, hot enough to be, like, on TV yet. Maybe if she gets a boob job. And guess what? She got a boob job and started Jeez. becoming a character on WWE. Like, this is his real daughter in real life, who, by the way, is as devoted to him as Jelaine was to, to her father. It's a very similar uh, weird-ass relationship. But I wanted to mention Linda because the documentary does open with the extremely bizarre fact that like his mom introduced him to Linda and she was like a 
essentially kind of a child bride for Vince McMahon. And they've, uh, they were married for, for a very long time actually together, but they haven't actually, they haven't actually lived as husband and wife for like decades. I think a couple of decades or so. It's more of a partnership than actual marriage and has been for a while. He's had a separate estate. But one thing that the show does not dive into with Linda is her political career. Because they suggested that the reason that they went PG, I forget the reason that they gave for it. Well, I think a large part of it is because of Linda McMahon's political aspirations. Because they WWE kept getting so much trouble for their content, for the sexual content that they're selling the kids. That a couple years before Linda McMahon decides she wants to be a senator or whatever, they really clean up their act. Mm. It was a bit too late because like every time she ran, someone would post articles like, Hey, remember that time Linda McMahon was comatose while her husband made out with one of his employees in the ring, that sort of thing. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's the safer thing because WWE themselves, but again, I mean, you're making the documentary, you get someone to go on record for you and tell them, tell you why they did it. But uh, because somebody, you know, who worked there or can speak more to it, like, like, look, this was a political move, or I suspect this is a political move, like, because at a point they're parroting the company line on it, which is, you know, and, I, and I'm not going to say that advertising dollars wasn't part of it, because I, I do think that was absolutely part of it. Yes. Um, but. Yeah, you're 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 right. There are uh, there are political uh, implications there too, and and yeah, things don't look good if you're going to try and run for office and all that. It's just a uh, oh, it's a big mess. So, Jack, I want to ask you about this part. Yeah, early on, they talk about how Jack, uh, how uh, how Vince took over the wrestling business with WrestleMania and celebrities and put all the other territories out of business. Did that sound like? It actually happened that smoothly to you that Vince was just huh. like a much smarter and savvier businessman than all these other promoters. And that's why just, you know, good, clean competition. He won out. It did seem funny that, you know, it, it kind of felt like it was like, oh, Vince decided to take over all the other, you know, uh, uh, territories and they just let him do it. They just like <laughs> nothing happened and he was able to just steamroll. Um, I don't know. It, it did feel a little oversimplified. I definitely knew, you know, the sort of basic history that it used to be more regional and that WWE took everything over. Uh, but it did feel a little bit simple that he was just able to take it over in one fell swoop. You know, they talked about in some cases like promotions are are struggling. And in some cases, maybe that's I mean, things dwindle over time. You have people move on, whatever, but like it leaves out the very convenient fact that Vince McMahon was just basically hoarding uh, all the talent and like mm -hmm. getting them out of the locker rooms. It's like, oh, okay, Stampede Wrestling's not doing as well. Well, Stampede Wrestling's not doing as well. And look, like Brett and Owen Hart and the British Bulldogs are all in the WWF now. Um, and that's far from the only example, but th this was a very common thing. And then there are all sorts of allegations over the years of just kind of um, stuff that, you know, is like, I don't know, tipping people off about this or that, like uh, trying to get like shows canceled and stuff like that. And that, that stuff's a little harder to prove, but there are certainly like stories about that over the years. Um, and there's that people willing to go on record and say, well, this is what happened. This is my opinion, right. but they don't really have that there. Right. I do. It feels like they rushed this, honestly. I, I think they were trying to get this out quicker for 
for whatever reason. And, you know, they're reliant so heavily upon uh, this older footage and, you know, they didn't really investigate uh, the, the stuff that's more current and they didn't have the wealth of, uh, of people talking about this stuff. And I, I, like, I'm sure it would have taken a very long time, but like, if you want to do something right, as opposed to like advertising dark side of the ring with the clip show, it is kind of what it, what it, uh, what it felt like, which is not to say, you know, again, I think there's value in this for someone who is completely brand new to, you know, most of this, but I, I think, um, and, and I try to sit back at a recent reasonable distance and think, okay, like how much of this would I know if I wasn't editor of PWI or how much of this would I know if I wasn't like super online about all this, you know, <laughs> like, uh, and the, the, the truth is that, uh, even then, I mean, it's it's entry level. Like this could have been a whole series. Uh, they could have actually given the to- the time and attention to some of these topics that they deserved. And you know, I it's it's hard work because there's a lot to cover. But I yeah, it's, it is a little bit uh, disappointing that there wasn't uh, that that extra uh, bit of love put into it where they could have done the story justice. I do want to, I've, we've been burying this documentary, but I do want to give them credit for something that I'm not sure has a place in a documentary that should be so serious, but I like to see it on the record. This is maybe one of the first times I've seen anyone talk about on TV the fact that WWE is actually bad. Like, there actually are, like, clips in this show <laughs> where they just say, like, and by the way, WWE has been pretty shitty to watch for a while. And it was also shitty in the 80s, and it was hokey compared to these other promotions. That is one thing that they actually didn't polish up. They they tried to say, oh, WWE got was successful because Vince was a genius businessman, and he was able to cre- uh, capitalize on some great characters, but they do spend a lot of time saying, actually, for most of its history, WWE has been fucking <laughs> shitty, uh, bad wrestling uh, to watch, by the way. So I, I give him credit for that. Yeah, that was that was pretty funny, it, it, like, especially toward the end, and they're talking about that period leading up to when you know Vince uh, was you know forced into retirement, essentially, because the product is, I don't know, maybe there were, there were time periods where I was uh, too small to be watching, you know, the, what was on TV week to week, but it was like bottom of the barrel in terms of quality. I had a very hard, and I mean, I have to watch it. It's for work. And it was very hard to get through a lot of those, uh, a lot of those shows. And I think part of it is just, again, you have this man who's, uh, has he turned 78 yet? But he's, yeah, he's in his late seventies. He's been doing this for years. He has his weird ideas about how things work. And, you know, so, and he's certainly like hit upon some things over the years, but, the, but he has these other things that like he insists on doing that are just no real good explanation for them. Like two characters can't have the same first name, even though we have 80 people in the, on the roster, you know, some people, most people shouldn't have a first and a last name. That's because that's too much for someone to remember. And like, like just really, really strange, uh, um, stylistic stuff that yeah they don't get into yeah they don't get like they say this show is bad but they really don't get into necessarily like why why Mm -hmm. of it like the fact that you know the word professional i don't know if they mentioned this they might have but i don't remember i don't recall i don't think so you you can't even say wrestling yeah yeah they don't i don't think they mentioned that professional the word professional wrestling was banned by vince mcmahon so was pro wrestler so what 
like any any even words that made him think uh, a fan might associate them with wrestling were banned. You know, ti- uh, like a weird uh, the ti- you couldn't say the title is on the line or belts or you know just so so all these strange stuff. Which if you're going to make a two hour hour documentary, you could fill it with like a, a little bit lighter. You know. Got for uh you know segments about just the Vince weirdness. You could interview people like, and you could get people going on record that aren't even gonna bury Vince to talk about how weird fucking Vince is. Everybody <laughs> does that. They do it for on podcasts like all the time. But uh, for some reason, this show just didn't really was much more of a clip show. And I kind of like so, the like the new interviews. Like they're good. They're good talking heads. But like they are like the talking heads that you, the straight men essentially. Where there's no color guys in this, or are wi- color women in this? Like people who are actually like deeply involved. None of them are giving new information. None of them are talking about. Well, what do you think? Not uh, are answering questions like, well, what do you think about Vince now? Should he come back? What do you even think about him retiring? They don't even have like a ch- like that. That documentary should end it with like a chain of wrestlers, you know, to giving their final thoughts on Vince and his retirement, you know. But this show just does. Does not go there for some reason and wrestlers love more nothing more than being on camera so like they must not have even asked <laughs> yeah for that kind of stuff because it is it is so low risk and i mean they're i don't know especially if it's like retired wrestlers or something you know like what do they have to lose at this point it was strange there was a lot that was strange about it there were some were some good things and uh yeah i think you spent another six months on this it probably could have been a whole lot better right down to now, again, there are rumors that Vince McMahon wants to come out of retirement. And, yes. uh, you know, apart, apart from the morality and optics of that, just we mentioned the show was really bad before he mm-hmm. uh, stepped away. Like most people agreed on that. And most people agree the quality of the programming is better and the ratings have been better. And the, I mean, even the stock price was was higher after he left. I mean, not not immediately. But and I mean, and that's really saying something because this is somebody who's been like the face of professional wrestling for the average person for you know, for decades, and then um, it's his, literally his... on the books. I, I forget what the actual document is, but there's literally like a clause there that says if Vince McMahon leaves WWE, may lose his you know his creative jouissance and like lose a bunch of money. That's literally in like their financial document quote about him wanting to come back he says that he feels like he got bad advice and about people when uh, you know people close to him told him it's time to step down he feels like he could have held on and this may shock some people i think i mean he's a disgusting human being absolutely uh alleged serial uh rapist Piece, uh, complete piece of garbage. In fact, the fourth allegation of sexual assault was revealed uh, along with this piece about him wanting to come back the same day, by the way, same day, a new sexual assault allegation comes out is a leak about him wanting to come back, which has been mentioned. I think um, the son mentioned that they were wanting to bring him back for this upcoming WrestleMania in Los Angeles, which I, I seems like, it seemed fairly likely to me when I heard it, but he says that he thinks he got bad advice and he could have just stayed on. And I think that's true. I think that if he just stayed, if he just did not retire, probably nothing would have happened. I, I honestly, I, because as the, you know, he's at this show, this documentary is called the nine lives of Vince McMahon. 
because he survived so many of these scandals. And the show kind of does dive into the fact that WWE, he was more protected then than he ever was. He had more money. They, he, they, the TV contracts that they have are worth, they have a billion dollar contract with Fox and a billion dollar contract with NBC. And every time they go to Saudi Arabia, they give them how much, uh, Kevin? What, $50 million? It's a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. Every single time, all they got to do is show up. So they're, they're basically bulletproof. And Vince was basically bulletproof. He will come back. And I don't think the average, whoever is still left watching WWE, they recently posted a number of raw viewers, 1.5 million. 1.5 million. Jack used to be 11 million people would be watching wrestling on a Monday night. 1.5 million people watching that show. I think every one of those 1.5 million people would still watch if it came back because it's like, it's so low that I, I don't like, it's the truly, truly most dedicated person who's still watching the one who can excuse almost any transgression who's still watching. I mean, I think you're probably right, Leslie, just based on the clips of people cheering Vince after the first story came out. Like, yes, you know, which, uh, which really just, does yeah. show. Yeah. You could believe a hundred percent. Like if you go, if you're in that arena and you're like, Oh, I don't know about these stories. Isn't it still probably the wrong move to chant his name right then and there? Maybe go home and quietly. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I just, I, I mean, there's optics at a point, but whatever. But it, it is worth noting the ratings. Uh, the recent ratings have not been good. The ratings on balance have been better since, you know, since he left. Um, and I think some people gave it another shot after he left, like they had sworn it off uh, for various reasons. Um, you know, and I, I, I think. Uh, Maybe they tuned in for a while, didn't like it. There, there's all sorts of reasons why you could then not want to watch it anymore. But I, I, it's a huge – I don't disagree, Leslie, with what you're saying, that he could easily come back if they wanted him to because he, he could. Um, I think it's a bad idea for a lot of reasons, and I, I, I hope he will, he will stay retired. You know, I mean, like it's just uh, – yeah, like I said, even beyond any optics, morality of it, it's just, you know, it's time to move on. Just just move on with your life. Um, honestly, I think, you know, for his purposes, if he, if he already has two other uh, pending lawsuits, I mean, well, well one of the, the things that came out was the, the Reader Chatterton lawsuit that you mentioned. But then you have all these things he potentially opens himself up to. You know, like because he's back in the spotlight. I, I I wouldn't doubt that there's somebody beleaguered form former employee of of any reason because there there are other things he's been accused of over the year over the years that aren't sexual misconduct or inappropriate relationships with employees. There just a lot of people have issues with him, and it would be a pretty good time to come after him if he resurfaces. You know, so I, I don't think it's a good idea for him, for the company, for anybody. There's a big news story today. You might not, you probably won't hear hear about this unless you're into wrestling, but they have a uh, they've had a wrestler named Mandy Rose, and Mandy Rose was a female wrestler whose gimmick was essentially, from what I understand, I I don't watch the show, but from what I understand, her gimmick was that she was sexy and that she was hot, and she has two hot friends called Toxic Attraction, and it was explicit, and it was a attempt by WWE to get a little bit outside of the PG, you know, world, and again, this story is coming out. You know, a day after the Nine Lives of Vince McMahon documentary 
just after the fourth allegation of sexual assault comes out against Vince McMahon. And she's, you know, she was a, the champion in NXT uh, promotion for however long, like almost a year, a long time. Doesn't really matter. But she was a essential part of the show, the brand, the packaging, all that stuff. She's on all the promos. And again, her brand is being sexy. And WWE we've, uh, actually had a meeting with some of the women in NXT, which is their lower divisions, like all the trainees in the performance center. They had a meeting where they essentially told the women there that they need to start dressing more sexily like Mandy Rose because she's wearing short shorts, has a little bit of booty showing, and they suggested that the women not only dress like that on camera, but also as, you know, as WWE superstars because they have a dress code as well. So they told the women to dress sexier all the time at work. And the person whose idea was the person who came up with the idea for this meeting, they brought like some kind of image consultant, like influencer to come in and tell them to dress sexier. He, that's the guy named John Laurinaitis, who was the other WWE executive who had to, uh, who was forced out along with Vince McMahon for these massive payoffs to cover up sexual relationships with his employees. He was the head of talent relations at WWE and he called this meeting, uh, telling them to be more sexy like Mandy Rose. And today they fired Mandy Rose because she was too sexy on her personal, like it wasn't an OnlyFans. It's not OnlyFans, but it's a fan site. It was essentially an OnlyFans, but she owned it herself and they fired her for being too sexy on that and making her own money. Uh, doing that. And that's WWE today. That's the Crazy. WWE run by alleged feminist Stephanie McMahon. Not the Vince McMahon WWE. That's WWE today. Again, the day after a fourth allegation against Vince. And by the way, the day after um, a wrestler named Matthew Riddle, who has been accused by multiple women of abuse, uh, was given, uh, he was, he, he had failed his second drug test. And he was sent to rehab. He wasn't fired. He wasn't suspended. Mandy Rose straight up fired for that. So that's still what WWE is, even without Vince McMahon. Jeez. Crazy. That's just fucked up. There was an official ban put on using third-party sites to make money without uh, permission. And this dates back actually to a wrestler named Zelina Vega being released last year or was it late 2020, but she had an OnlyFans, and it was, um, I think she was primarily like the, the point of it was to do like cosplay and stuff. It wasn't even like an overly sexual page or whatever, but they said like, look, if you're going to go and try and monetize your, your, uh, your character like this, like it has to be through us and we have to approve it and get a cut of it. Basically that that's, that's, that was the report that came out there. And then you have, um, you know, they, they kind of made that across the board and not just only fans and things like that, like Twitch, just like, Hey, you can't go and make money on your own. It has to be done through us, which is really uh, dicey because WWE and it's probably, you talked about WWE on here before I'm sure you discussed this, but you know, they term their employees. They, well, they term the people who work for them. As independent contractors, independent contractors, not employees. Not come on, Kevin. You know they right, are not right, employees, right, right, right. even no, though no, they're no. 
uh, constantly on the road, you know, and they cost right. like 300 days a year. They can't do right. anything else. They can't work for any other company. They're still independent contractors. Jack, you got, any, they got anything like that out in Hollywood? <laughs> um, they have a little, yeah, they have a couple of things like that, but we don't need to get super into it. But yeah, I mean, I don't think you have to travel around quite as much. I think you get to stay at home, but yeah, there's permalance out here. Uh, not where you have to like cut your head with a razor and get beat up and shit like that, but, uh, you know, mostly well, for, well, like, WWE sitting around at home. They don't do that anymore. Unfortunately, yeah, uh, like, that's actually cool. Actually, Jack. If you want to do it, if you want to, if do you it, want, there, there, have, there have been a couple sure. instances. It's not not a ton, but one or two wrestlers over the years have just like I don't want to cut cut myself in, <laughs> in. Not not even necessarily at WWE, but just in general. Um, that's that's occasionally a, a thing. But yeah, so they they kind of uh, it doesn't look good for them to send these uh, these different messages out there. You know, just like on an optics level, it it, it stinks. And I mean. You can argue that she's like breaking company policy or whatever, but you know certainly there are other people out there who have uh, broken that policy on like and have a Twitch page again or have you know this or that. And part of it is because I think in the post Vince McMahon era they've been a little more lax with some of that. And uh, as an example, I Johnny, assume they uh, they had allowed it. They had you know changed the policy. They may have. Of- they may have. They may have. There just hasn't been a report. But like Johnny Gargano is a good example of somebody who came back. And he already had a Twitch account, and like he's not going to come back and then have to get rid of this source of income he's he's enjoying, you know. So we're running low on time, but there's a couple of things I just have to mention. I'll do them very quickly because the docu- documentary does contain a couple, a few inaccuracies that are, are just things kind of left out. Uh, or well, one thing I want to give him credit for: the Owen part was powerful. I think that's maybe one of the most, the run the best, a really great summation of what happened. That made me feel like, oh shit, they should have just shut down. WWE down like that day mm-hmm. like the like WWE should not have been able to operate after uh the death of Owen Hart whatever you think the show must go on the, if you let that shit happen you should not be able to run a massive entertainment company the Chris Benoit murder the dub the documentary unfortunately and inaccurately said suggests that Vince that the WWE executives did not know that Vince, that Chris Benoit was the perpetrator before airing the tribute show to him. They knew that afternoon, and you can read uh, journalist Irv Muchnick on this. He has a whole book out, but uh, if you go to concussion.net, he has an article about when the WWE knew and what they knew. And I've actually, I actually thought for a long time that they did not know, but they did know before they aired the tribute. Uh, and if that you don't, that may you may think that oh that's wild that's out of character. WWE aired a tribute to Jimmy Snuka after he had been charged with mm. murder. Uh, in the in court, he only, the real, only reason he got off because he had you know he was suffering from dementia and ill health allegedly. But they aired a tribute to we know what that's tributes to two alleged murderers that WWE has aired. So I do not think <laughs> that Vince McMahon coming back would be completely out of the question. And one more thing, the show mentions CTE and the NFL and the share shots in WWE, but they don't mention the fact that WWE WWE somehow won their CTE case. They don't have to pay anybody anything. NFL has to pay millions and millions of dollars. WWE essentially got away with it. 
you know, they did allude to the fact that Jerry McDevitt, a WWE lawyer, is very good at getting WWE out of jams. <laughs> yes. So that's about as close as they came to addressing that. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's not that they're necessarily any less culpable. I mean, in fact, they, they didn't have concussion protocols really until after the Chris Benoit situation. Um, but what situation is, you know, obviously it's a, it's a the terrible, you know, double murder, uh, like gruesome child abuse, spousal abuse, just uh, to call it a situation is, is, is wrong, but it's, it's, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's just, there's, there has to be some, if not legal culpability. I mean, like they, they admitted by implementing that policy that like they should be responsible for it. So whether or not, you know, money is being paid out, I, you, you can't, you can't act like, oh yeah, we're, we're innocent of this or whatever, or like, it's not our fault that the athletes have, especially because for years you had those unprotected chair shots to the head and things like that. And sometimes really, really gruesome over and over just like, how could someone not have a terrible concussion and how could that possibly be good for you long-term? And, you know, even if like WWE is not encouraging this actively, they're allowing it to happen. And, you know, notice now they, they no longer do. Yeah. Even just talking out, like there's no segment about broken down wrestlers who were injured. Mick, there just news recently came out that Mick Foley, who's, you know, lovely man. Everybody loves Mick Foley, but he's came out and talked about how, poor his health is and the thing that always strikes me when looking at his career is that like he he did death matches in japan in like the mid 90s he did a bunch of crazy stuff to get noticed when he was younger when he gets to wwe the big time where you know he's make he's supposed to be making a million dollars all this good shit that's when he literally gets tossed off a fucking stop of a steel cage to the concrete floor <laughs> that's when he takes like his most gnarliest bumps and wwe i don't think they show the footage as much anymore but they used to always show the footage of him like falling f- through the top of Christ. the cage to the ring his teeth pop out <laughs> uh in, in chunks uh he's like i think he get he gets knocked out and like the match is still going on this is it's one of the most gruesome things you can ever see done to a, a human being. And they basically, it, it's just absolutely insane. But I, I'm holding it too long. We'll have to come back and talk about uh, all this stuff more. Ashley Massaro, not mentioned on this documentary, unfortunately. Horrifying story. I've talked about it on the, the show before, but uh, we have to get, we have to let you go, Kevin. But thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you? So I am on. Uh, Twitter for now, as long as it's there, and Instagram at Wacklevany, W-A-C-K-E-L-V-A-N-E-Y. That's also linked to on the PWI accounts, which is at official PWI, and you can find everything you want with the magazine, uh, digital content, subscription info, all that good stuff is on. Kevin, why hasn't Elon gotten into pro wrestling yet? (laughs) He seems like a fairly natural fit for WWE. Yeah, he he uh, he very well could. I mean, you know, when the Twitter thing inevitably doesn't work out for him, he's got to find a new hustle. So, <laughs> all right, folks, that was struggle session. Have a good one. Peace. Bye.